what's going on, everybody? How's it hanging? How's it happening? You guys know who it is. This is Kevin from the Chord Progression Podcast. Put the MSOGD rocks or rock and metal thrive. Happy Thursday, everybody. It is January 14th of 2021, and this might be the tastiest podcast ever. And by tastiest is because we are talking with Kenny Wilkerson from the band Nova Rex, and he has a cookbook out, ladies and gentlemen. The cookbook is called Rockin' Recipes for Autism. We talk all about it to where Kenny was able to get recipes from so many different members of so many different bands where you can cook like a rock star and eat like a rock star plus we also talk about stuff coming up with 2021 and you gotta ask this question yourself do you know what a mini single is because we talk all about it already everybody so please welcome kenny from the band over x and the author of rock and recipes for autism are you guys ready because this one is delicious so let's go Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of the Chord Progression Podcast, we have probably the tastiest guest I have on here because he's got a brand new cookbook called Rockin' Recipes for Autism. He's from the band Nova Rex. They've been around for over 30 years at this point. So please welcome Kenny Wilkerson. So Kenny, welcome to Chord Progression Podcast. Hey, thanks a lot, Kevin, for having me. How's it going? Ooh, there's the book right there. <laughs> all righty. I'm just going to jump right into that. No, the man, it's all good. How, how's your Christmas? Uh, Christmas was fine, actually, except for the fact that on Christmas Day, my favorite football team, which is the Minnesota Vikings, played, and that did not go well. My brother's sorry, a huge man. Saints fan, so in the house, it was a little bit uh, it was a little bit iffy. However, I did get to spend both Christmas Eve and Christmas Day with my 92-year-old grandpa, and he stole a beer from me, his first beer in two years, and he stole it from me. Oh, I, I couldn't be, I couldn't that's be more a memory. proud. That's a memory. Usually the other way around, isn't it? Yeah, usually is the other way around, but I because I, I walked in his house on Christmas Eve, walked downstairs. He was he was deep frying shrimp, and he's just like, "Oh, you brought beer for me." I'm like, "No, this is for me. Do you mind if I take one or two? Nice. Um, I like this already. Yeah, I was already smiling ear to ear because ever since I was like a little kid, like two three years old, we able to remember certain things. My grandpa sure. would always be the one, hey, go get me a genuine draft down in the basement. I was always the kid that would run and have to go get him beer every single time until right. he stopped drinking beer. When he turned 90, but this was the first time he had a beer since his 90th birthday, and that was oh, two and a half years ago. You. So Woo. I like the accent, by the way. Oh, thank you. That's uh, yeah, no, you had to do that. You had to do the Wisconsin accent when you were doing the give me a beer. How'd you do oh, it? Yeah. How was that? Hey, get me a beer, that kid. <laughs> Love it, Wisconsin. You, you get that old Wisconsin mixed with a hundred percent Polish accent. So right, yeah, I got to get that in there. But how was your uh, how's your Christmas and how was the uh, whole entire holiday season for you? Uh, it was okay. I mean, I'm in Florida, so it's it's always good. But the the thing is, it actually got cold here. Um, it was a uh, high of 40 or something like that on Christmas. Really? Which was weird because the day before it was high of 80, exactly 12 hours earlier. So that sounds like something that I would have here because I remember Christmas 2019 here in Milwaukee, the high was 60 degrees. And then Christmas in 2020, the high was 17. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm from Indiana, man, so I, I get updates all the time. No, then, then you totally understand what it's like yeah. to live in, in wintertime and Christmas. Listen, and Wisconsin, though, I have to say that I remember being on the road in Wisconsin in, in winter and probably the coldest place on earth. Really? No, it was brutal because you guys had the sleet coming down. Oh, and I remember yeah. we had a keep we had a van pulling the trailer back in the early 90s. And I remember that we had to leave a roadie out in the van to keep it running. So it wouldn't freeze up on us. So we'd get the hell out of town. And then he was stuck inside the van for like an hour because it sleeted on him. 
and you know it freezes the door you know what i mean you gotta pour hot water and do all that stuff yeah yeah i remember man i remember well and then snow is all you know everybody's like hey we love snow and it's good for like the first hour but after that it turns into green wet slush oh yeah it's always the worst yeah that's people what people don't forget seem to forget you know i'll say don't worry i dealt with that even more so when I went to school as well in college, because I went to the University of Minnesota, so I was even further north oh. than I was right now. And the first the first winter I was there, there was a time period, about 50, 55 days, where at some point during the day, the low temperature was below zero at some mm-hmm. point during the day. And I had to walk to class every which way. And I had the decision to walk through all the buildings, walk through their tunnel system to stay warm. However, it would take me about two and a half times longer just to get to class yeah. because of how many people were there and how many weird twists and turns they take. Or just bundle up and brave the cold and walk across the Mississippi River to class. That would take about 20 minutes. I'm like, well, either sleep for an extra half hour or be warm on my walk to class. I'm going to take the extra sleep. Screw it. I'm in college. I need sleep. No, no, it's cold. But I've been in Florida now since uh, 95. So it's been a while. You've been in Florida pretty much as long as I've been alive. Well, I've been in Florida as long as I've been in Indiana. So, yeah, no, I'm, uh, yeah, I, I, I moved down here when I was two. I'm kidding. Let's <laughs> <laughs> say, wait a minute, that doesn't add up. I, I would say I live where you vacation. Pretty much, yeah. Because I was down in, I'm trying to think. The last time I was down in Orlando was, I was down there in 2000, February 2019 because my dad and I flew down there in middle of February because his, 60, his 60th birthday was on February 27th, or February 17th, 2019. And one thing he always wanted to do was go and see the Daytona 500. It was on oh, nice. his 60th birthday that year. So I said, you know what? This has to happen. We have to go. So we flew down there. And the Friday beforehand, he had he has cousins that are originally from Louisiana, but they had a summer home or a winter home, I should say, right. just in, in uh, Kissimmee. So they're like, hey, come down. Just come to Orlando. Come to Kissimmee. Hang out with us. Have lunch. And we'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, having lunch led to going to Disney Springs, which led to me seeing a bunch of little kids and parents being annoyed at these little kids while I have a beer in my hand. It was right, awesome. Right. But you guys went to the, you guys went to the race. You guys went to the 500. Oh, yeah. I went to the 500. My dad did not get up from his seat the whole entire race. Listen, it's funny you say that. My mom, now my dad's a little older. My dad just turns, my dad's 70, freak, man, 76. But on his 60th birthday, my mom, I think it was his 60th, my mom bought him tickets to the 500 uh, for the same thing. You know what I mean? Now, it happened. I remember it was a sunny day. I had to drink, drop his ass off up there. But uh, that was the year that uh, Earnhardt Sr. died. Oh, that was on 2001? The, on the last lap of the oh, Daytona 500. I, oh, wow. My old man was there for that. But yeah, that was an experience. One of those, you know, he stepped up and spent the money. Oh, but yeah. I, I go to the race every year. I used to go down there with the radio station and interview drivers and stuff. I was lucky last couple of years interview uh, Jimmy Johnson, guys like that. So it's pretty cool. I'll say you're talking to someone who who really got into racing because like my dad got into it. So of course, like I'm like six, seven years old when this is happening. I, th- sure. I think I was six when Earnhardt died and I was, that was the first race I actually watched. And then the net following race, I was in following Daytona 500. I was in some sort of like Daytona 500 pool where the winner won 150 bucks. Right. And my driver happened to be Ward Burton that day. So I won nice. 150 bucks. On <laughs> that pretty much had me set in yeah. there for like, okay. Then it's like, okay, who's your favorite driver? I'm like, I don't have a favorite driver. And right. I ended up picking Kevin Harvick because Kevin H, my name, Kevin H, it just right. made sense. And I pretty much just stuck on that ever since. So, Oh, that's cool. Now, my, my dad's a car guy. He's a retired uh, used car salesman. He, he had his own lot and everything. So I grew up around cars, man. I mean, he, had a, he was selling cars before I was born. 
Oh, I mean, he's a total car guy, you know what I mean? Yeah, so it makes sense that, like, for his 60th birthday, signing him to the 500, it just makes total sense. But it's just weird that I, like, I sent my dad to Daytona for this for his 60th birthday for the 500, and you did the exact same thing only 18 years earlier. It's like, you've got to be kidding me. That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool. So, yeah. And I'm trying to think 2019 was a good year because last year it, uh, it was cold. It was it was cold and they got rain it got rained yeah. out because in 2019 I remember it was like I think it was it was sunny the whole entire day and it was a high of about 78 degrees and where oh. we where we were we were um, sitting it was uh, in between the start finish line and in turn one so we were sure. pretty much right at the exits of pit road that was probably the best way to describe it and yeah yeah it you was had a good slot you had a yeah. good seat. It was just looking around like this is completely different than anything else I could have imagined in terms of the crowd with what was able to be brought in because I'm seeing people bringing soft sided coolers, bringing their own yep. beer. And I'm just thinking there is nowhere else in America at any sport event where they allow this stuff. But at NASCAR, yeah, races, NASCAR. yeah no, you know what? I, I thought it was so wild about NASCAR, especially even the last time I, I noticed it. Just a lot of money. I mean, these guys have half half million dollar freaking RVs parked and, you know, they got their little. And the other thing that's cool about the 500, too, is uh, quite a few hot chicks. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they like they like racing. Chicks love cars, man. Well, now that's why I was in, I'm excited for 20. We were supposed to be 2020, but now it's going to be 2021 where my dad, my brother and I were going to. Well, we're going to your home state of Indiana or your oh, you're doing the 500. Yeah, we were going to do it this year, but of course, COVID happened. So right, we, right. we took the three tickets we were going to have and we bumped them all to 2021. No, that's a fun gig too. You know, the only thing different about the 500, uh, are you seeing Indy cars or are you going to see the uh, the uh, NASCAR series? You know? um, Indy car, we're definitely doing the, the actual 500. We're not going to do the Brickyard. Right, the Brickyard, yeah. No, uh, fun. The only thing about that is that is like the biggest track in the country or something because you know how like when you come up on Daytona, you can kind of see the curvature of the, you know, you can, you can sort of see the circle, you know, yeah. from the street. Yeah, yeah. But when you get to Indy, it's just one long, you can't see the end. It's like, you got to just drive till you see an end. Then you can turn left and you just drive. It's so massive, dude. It's really, really big. Um, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. Cause I looked at where our tickets were and there we're in the grandstands, but we're in the infield in the grandstands. So I'm right. not sure what we're all going to be able to walk around for and be able to get around. Well, me and my brother knowing us, we're going to end up being able to, sneak our way around into all the RVs and basically sure. into the, the little proxy nation that is the Indian infield. Yeah, man. It's just, uh, you gotta be a car grouper. I, it's not I'm, like I'm, a rock and roll groupie. It's car groupie. <laughs> I mean, we'll see, we'll see what happens as long as I don't wear like uh something that's like, Oh, Hey, you can clearly tell I'm not supposed to be here. I think I'll be okay. Right. Right. No, you'll have fun with that. That's cool. Yeah. That'd be a good one. That's coming up soon too. Right. Or that's no, that's in the sun. That's in them. That, that's a uh, Memorial day weekend. So it'll yeah. be at the end of May. And hopefully by the time that happens that, you know, everything will be fine going into Indy. Well, and then they, got also, the, they got the vaccination now. So we'll see. Right. We'll see I, what happens. I'll say we'll I'm, see what we'll, we'll see what happens because there's there have been some uh, tours that I've been seeing already starting to pop up. Mostly the probably the biggest one I've seen pop up is uh, Bring Me the Horizon is trying to get a tour going. They have dates scheduled for starting middle of May. And, but it's all in Europe, though. But the fact that there's something there that there are planning tours beginning you know middle of may beginning of may and there are festivals uh, like uh download fest over in europe and then over here in america i think some of the danny wimmer presents stuff is still set and ready to go for 2021 i know here in wisconsin uh rock fest over in kadat that happens in july that's still set and ready to go for 2021 so yep. hopefully this is all still going to happen especially with the vaccine rollout however in time we'll know more 
Well, I figure we're going to know a lot more by the end of next month. Uh, yeah, because if, I, I figure if the vaccine is available, they can't they can't stop you. You know, what I mean, as far as going out, if it's available, it's available. Now you might have to. Uh, it'll be up to each person to if they take it or not. But I mean, if it's available, how can you shut stuff down? Yeah, that's kind of my thought process too. Plus, with everything else that's happened over the past year with uh, entertainment, the entertainment industry and the service industry, specifically those two that have been absolutely oh decimated by this. I mean, they're going to be pushing for this to end up getting reopened. It's like, hey, the vaccines have been available for this amount of time. People have had ample amount of time to get it. We should be able to open up and play live music, go to bars and just basically go back to what we were doing pre-COVID. Yeah, it was a lot of picking and choosing, by the way. You know, what stays open and what doesn't. But I think that uh, the first of the year, I think we're going to be all right. I, you know, I, I, I talk about it all the time, you know, about radio airplay being so hard for uh, artists because, you know, there's only a few companies that own all the radio stations. And if you're not in their pockets, they don't play. You. They just don't. So that's done. And I was talking about a story I did a couple of, about a, about a month ago, I did a story where vinyl uh, outsold CDs. For the first time ever and and i thought that was funny it's not because vinyl's doing better it's just because nobody buys cds anymore everything's free download singles all that so if you can't make money as far as a musician you know selling your music and getting radio play what's left well the only thing left is touring and damn if 2020 didn't take that away from us yeah so I, I, i'm worried about a lot of bands i think there's gonna be a lot of bands that won't survive it that'll just break up or retire and then I think that uh, a lot of these venues, will, they've, some of these venues have been around 50, 60 years and they're shut down. They'll never reopen. Not oh. not in the near future anyways. Yeah, I've got, I ended up making a whole YouTube video for the beginning of the year. And this is one thing I looked at too, especially with the venues and the bands that are going to be available once uh, touring returns. And my whole entire thought process was when I was in school, I studied economics. So the supply and demand, the demand of shows, the demand of bands being able to play show. However, the supply of stages is going to be down because a lot of these independent venues weren't able to survive during this. And even with all of a sudden, you know, at the end of 2020, oh yeah, there's save our stages in the government stimulus. Yeah, it took yeah. nine freaking months to put that in there for an industry that was absolutely decimated. You guys didn't do any help to it. I went off on a whole rant on that, but yeah, my main thing it. was there's gonna be a lot of bands out there, especially bands that had a lot more money behind them and had a lot more uh, prominence behind them going into, into the pandemic where all of a sudden shows are gonna come back. We're gonna have a limited amount of stage time but we're going to have a lot of bands trying to get on that state on these stages and the bands are able to throw their weight around are going to get the preferred times. And a lot of these smaller bands might end up getting completely shut out of that just because there's a certain amount of time slots and whoever's going to be able to pay more or be able to bring in more money is going to end up getting those time slots. I'm, I'm with you on all that. But I, I, like I said, I think the herd's going to get thinned out a little bit too, though. So um, we'll see. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I know I did uh, another, cause I do this thing called a rock report uh, Monday through Friday. And I do a little information. I, I seen where uh, they said 86 or something like that percent of all bands on all levels work paycheck to paycheck. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah. So unless you're Metallica sitting on a bunch of money, you know what I mean? That kind of thing or stones, but uh, there's a lot of other bands in between them and bar bands. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's all this right here. So we'll see. I mean, but I, I, I hope it can't get any worse, right? So, I, I mean, we always say we hope it can't get any worse, but if 2020 has proven anything, it easily can. So it I'm, can. No, it can. That's why I said make a joke saying, "Hey, you know, 2020 might tell or 20. What is it? What 2021 might tell 2020 to hold my beer." Yeah, that's that's what I'm actually kind of scared of no. because all of a sudden it's be like, okay, what the heck's gonna happen now? And yeah, I'll, and then, for, I'll say for me. 
how I got through 2020, I'm not sure of just because, I mean, financially everything I was okay, but all of a sudden it was like, alrighty, um, like right as the shutdown started, okay, I thought I might've had COVID, but nope, it was food poisoning. All of a sudden, two months right. later, I thought I had food poisoning. Nope, my appendix had to be removed. Oh, wow. Bummer, man. Yeah. Ever- so, so you've had a uh, hell of a year anyways. Yeah. And it was something where even like with my full-time job, my boss was like, yeah, I can tell you why your body's hurting yourself. I'm like, okay, why is that? Well, you haven't been in a mosh pit in a couple of months, so it's trying to right. hurt itself and trying to do a like uh, it's trying to compensate for that. And I was sitting there thinking, you know what? You might actually be right on that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, people, I think they're understanding it now, but how important music really is to them, and uh, and it's just something that we hate to see go away. I mean, they take music out of schools; they've taken music out of everything anyway. So that's all. That's the last little thing that we have is going out and seeing live performances. Uh, people in general need to be around other people, I think, you know, uh, and like-minded people. So, uh, and I'm just glad, you know, the elections over with the, the, all the black lives matter, all that stuff, the me too, the, nobody even talks about aliens, you know, how they were talking about that. It's like this year's just had, it's thrown everything at us, you know? Yeah. It's this year's thrown so much at us to the point where it's, we're not being able to focus on just one thing. However, with the lack of live shows, I do totally agree with you where, especially here in America, we're completely missing out on that due to the fact that a lot of people went there to go to live shows because that was where they felt the most amount of happiness to where they were going there and they were seeing people that they'd see at every single show. Hell, I felt the same thing too. There were people that I go to at the rave here in Milwaukee where I'd see them for every single show I went to. I have no idea what their names are. But I recognize their faces and it was always fun to talk to them at those shows. And then all of a sudden, you know, on comes fit for a king and they start going also the mosh pit starts going. I end up knocking like three of these guys to the ground just because that's what happens. But everyone's always happy about everyone's always having a great time. And it's just that release of anxiety, that release of just any kind of bad thought you have there because the band that you like on stage is playing and you're feeling that energy from the band, but also you're being able to relate to a lot of things from their music. And you're seeing how many other people are connecting to the band through a completely different avenue, but the effect is the exact same. So exactly. it's this whole euphoric exactly. feeling. You said it well. So yes, we need to get some touring back out there. Right now for us, uh, like I said, we have a couple of shows in January, uh, a couple of shows the 1st of February, but they're um, Harley Davidson dealerships. Okay. And because, uh, you know, you can't really do a festival per se right now. Those are not like on the table. I mean, we're hoping in May and things, but festivals have been shut down. Uh, obviously, you're not going to go to any big arena shows. So the only thing left for, for us that we're, we're scrounging around for is Harley dealerships because they still kind of have the money to do an event. It's still somewhat part of it. Uh, you know, most Harley guys, I mean, you can't be broken up and have a Harley. You know, these guys, these guys have it together. So, uh, but that's what we have coming up. We got some uh, Harley gigs coming up. I got one uh, February 5th and 6th with uh, a band called Saving Able. You know, those guys. Oh, yeah. And, uh, so we got a show come up in uh, Stewart, Florida and uh, a couple of charity events, some, just some stuff. But what we're really excited about for us is, uh, you know, with, like I said, this is our 35th anniversary this year, hopefully ready to get into 2021. But um, uh, we got a new single. And it's hilarious, dude. We got a single that we're dropping on January 1st, a YouTube premiere at 5 p.m. Eastern. And what's so funny about it is, uh, so, so, you know, I was trying to tell you off air, I'm in the radio business, right? I've been in it for about a year now, stationed here in Central Florida. And on Wednesdays, we do independent artists. And on independent artists, a lot of times people send us songs in and they'll they'll have a 40-second intro. And we're like, man, them days are over. Because, you know, you lose them by 40 seconds. 
just like for, for social media. So you go to Facebook and you say, hey, I'm going to be at this place at eight o'clock tonight. That's all you write. The first comment will be what time? Like nobody <laughs> even reads anything. So what we did as kind of a stunt, we, we cut a mini single. It's never been done before. I know it sounds crazy, right? You hear EPs and all these kind of things. We did a mini single. I'm not going to tell you any more about it. You have to check it out. But the video drops on, uh, again, January 1st at 5 p.m., mini single. So that's, that's going to be fun for this year. And then for everybody listening to this as well or watching on YouTube, for when you're trying to find the single, I will include the link in the description for that single as well oh, so that you. it's going to be the easiest thing for you guys to watch this mini single as well, which I'm really curious to see what this mini single actually is and what this is all going to entail because who knows? I, there's always something that starts out a huge trend. Like you're talking about with 40-second intros, no one's going to be listening to a 40-second intro in a song anymore because everything's stuck on streaming with Spotify, Apple Music, and people are going to click on something and you've got to basically get their attention within the first five or six seconds. Otherwise, they're going to completely shut you down right from there. It's not like going out and buying a CD or buying a, buying a CD 20 years ago or buying a vinyl record 20, like 40 years ago because you're actually buying it. You're actually investing your money into it. So you're going to listen to see if you can get the value that you paid for out of it, sure. no matter what. So you're going to end up listening to each song. You're going to end up listening to the deep cuts. You're going to end up listening to each song over and over again. So you can understand the meaning behind it. Now with streaming, there's no investment behind it. So no. like if like for me, it's like I could click on a song. I mean, for me personally, because I work, I listen to a lot of this stuff. I work with a lot of this stuff. I'm going to actually take the time to listen to it because I'm invested in it. However, sure. for the casual listener, like they're going to end up clicking on something all of a sudden if you don't have in the first five seconds they're going to go to they're going to go to a completely different artist or go back to an artist that they know just because oh i don't like it off the first five seconds this ain't this ain't worth my time ew yeah so that so you under so you pretty much got your head wrapped around what we're doing but yes it's 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 called i'm called it a mini single and the video is completely epic dude it's that it was like we're like a mini kiss show so it's going to be really fun over the top flamethrowers and smoke geysers and the whole deal so okay then i'm super excited to see this and when it when it drops on january 1st i will make sure that when the youtube premiere happens that i will be have my computer loaded and ready for it because it's gonna be fun dude you've got me intrigued on this like none other yeah so we got that coming up and then uh, obviously you know the the thing that i've been working on which is a bad year because it happened in the middle of covid but i just came out with this cookbook called rock and recipes for autism I called it volume one for the fact that when I started off, I had about 80 recipes. I thought I was going to even get more, but uh, this, this particular book has 57 famous rockers. It's a rock star written cookbook. Um, I've got members from Ozzy, White Snake, Quiet Ride, Stone Sour, Warrant, Poison Evanescence. I mean, Skid Row, Dokken. Anyways, uh, what it is, it's, um, there's a company down in uh, South Florida called uh, We Rock for Autism that I kept seeing at festivals. And uh, they do uh, music therapy for kids that are on the spectrum. I happen to have a son that has Asperger's. So he's like a form of autism. Um, and so I kind of dedicated the book to him. And then uh, what I did is I just reached out to a rock and roll community. I didn't call any uh, managers or labels or nothing. I just called these guys up. A lot of these guys I've seen over the last 35 years on the road. And uh, we just did uh, uh, recipes. Um, like, for instance... Here's Ricky Rocket from Poison. He did black bean sliders. This is like never been done before, by the way. Uh, see who else I got. You know the uh, the late Frankie Benelli from Quiet Riot. Pumpkin oh yeah. Riot. Oh wow. So, yeah. So I mean, just a lot of different guys in here. Um, Twisted Sister. Nice. I find find the other one. Uh, Joey Allen. He's cool. 
from Warrant. Uh, let me see what else I got. Steve Lukather has a son with autism. So it's just, just fun little recipes. A lot of them have backstories to them. Uh, it reads like a, uh, like a Reader's Digest type of thing because I've never done a cookbook before. Don Dawkin, by the way. Yeah, but I mean, would you want to have it some like a traditional cookbook where it's just the straight up recipes? If you're going to be doing something where you're going to have these rock stars and they're putting in their own recipes in there, you're going to want to have the backstory behind it as well because it's going to add more to the lore of the cookbook, add more to the lore of those bands as well because then it might have been something they came up with on the road out of nowhere and all this, or they ate something like similar on it on the road. They're like, okay, I want to recreate this at home. And then all of a sudden they create their own recipe yeah. out of it. And then you can literally eat like a rock star. Yeah, what, what happened on the book is I reached out to these guys and majority of them were cooks, owned restaurants, uh, things like that. You know, I, I got Ron Ch uh, Ron Kill in it and he did like some kind of fair winning chili that he, you know, that he has and that kind of stuff. So, um, but the book is a three-parter. Really, if you happen to be, uh, you like to cook, and I know a lot of people during the pandemic have been cooking at home. But if you like to cook, say like a Martha Stewart or a Paula Dean or Rachel Ray, then you buy the book. Um, if you happen to really want to know what Don Dockin cooks from the band Dockin, what his favorite, and he used to be a chef, by the way, or still is, um, you get the book. Or if you just want to help support autism, which they say one in 54 people in America have some form of autism, um, you get the book and the proceeds go again to We Rock for Autism, which again does music therapy, as we were talking about, it's in our wheelhouse. And uh, these kids really uh, relate to music therapy. So. I'll say was it was working with We Rock for Autism. Was that inspired by you seeing them all the time at different festivals that you were at? Was it also inspired by the fact that you have a son with Asperger's? So being able to connect with something like a group like We Rock for Autism and create something for that to help them out as well and to help out for autism research and for music therapy as well. Was that a big inspiration behind the cookbook? Yes. Well, what happened was uh, the, the story goes like this. I, I had another radio gig for a while and I was interviewing uh, just rock guys, you know, and I interviewed this guy and I said, I just got back from New Orleans. I happen to be a fan of New Orleans. I go there maybe like once a year, excuse me. And, and if you ever go to New Orleans, you eat the food there. It takes you about a week to recover because you're not coming back and going to Olive Garden after eating at New Orleans, right? So as I was talking to this guest, he's like, oh, I'm from New Orleans. My, my mom's from there. Her grand, I mean, I got, I got this jambalaya recipe that's 100 years old. Uh, so I was like, cool. So it got sent to me. Then I started collecting some recipes. Then after I had about 20 of them, it's kind of an ongoing thing. I kept seeing this company, We Rock for Autism, at different festivals. Uh, they were always there. People were signing guitars. They were raising money. And I, I ended up speaking to them and getting the backstory on it, why they have this organization. And they're talking about music therapy and this and that. And so, uh, so now that I have 20 some recipes and I have the charity, what well, was this time to suck it up and make it happen? So then I started reaching out, grabbed, like I said, I started with about 80 recipes thinking I needed 100. But um, after I got done, I mean, the book itself is almost a two pound book. I mean, it's a coffee table book, hardback, full glossy. Uh, each each person has like two pages, you know what I mean? Like a photo and, and the recipe with a little bio on the recipe. And uh, like I said, never been done before. And, and the couple of cool things that happened, if you go to uh, Rockin' with that a G, Rockin' Recipes for Autism.com, there's some flip pages, some stuff that's going on, why I did it, where I did it, where the money's going to. But the cool thing is, uh, uh, Rachel Ray did a, uh, an article on it in Rachel Ray Magazine, which I thought was totally cool for a musician because I, I that never was in, in I never thought it'd be in Rachel Ray. Billboard, yes. Rachel Ray, no. So, uh, so things like that. And it just, uh, it's, I, I like it for the fact that you can't see a lot of these rockers play now as we've been talking about 
but you can see what they cook in the kitchen for a great cause. Again, the book probably should have went for $50, but it sells for $29.95. And the proceeds go to We Rock. So you're, so you're doing a lot of favors. You know, you're buying a book, uh, you're supporting musicians, uh, and obviously uh, a great charity. Plus, when I looked into We Rock for Us well, when I found out about doing the whole entire thing with music therapy for children, that's one thing that I've heard not only people in the medical field talk about as well with music therapy, but also for myself when I think it was yeah three years ago when I was going through this mass amount of depression, suicidal tendencies. One thing that helped me get through that a lot was music just because relating certain emotions to the sounds and just relating certain experiences like okay you know if i'm feeling like this if i need to get out of the certain funk what song do i listen to all of a sudden boom i'm listening to not gonna die by skillet and it just amps me up like not oh, other song trying yeah. trying to get back to feeling like myself and trying to really feel like i am myself again listen to as much rise against as possible because that's what i listened to all the time in high school and that's right. my favorite band so i'm like okay i'm sticking with that and now when it comes down it's like okay we'll get amped up get calmed down and stuff like i'm always listening to rock and metal but it's always just a little bit of different stuff here and there and it seems like at times okay this doesn't gonna this should like just completely amp you up while you're listening to bed well it helps clear my mind it calms me sure. down so i am totally full, i'm totally behind music therapy as well because it, there is so much there in terms of mental connection with it plus yeah. with working with we rock for autism as well and having the connection with okay rock and recipes for autism there's a lot of rock music involved throughout all of this the connection is fully there. And when yeah. people are looking at the book as well, like I said, they're not getting recipes. They're also getting some backstories behind these recipes as well. And they're able to cook and eat like their favorite rock stars. I mean, the fact yeah. that you include guys like from Ozzy Osbourne, from White Sink, Roy Mayorga from Stone Sour, Will Hunt from Evanescence, and yeah. other people from not only from rock bands like in the 80s and 70s, but also closer to today as well. You expanded a very vast array of people where all of a sudden, they're going to get bands that they like that you're going to see, hey, this band had this person in here that put a recipe in, rocking recipes for autism. All of a sudden, they're going to start checking out other bands as well that you have in there because they say they like Stone Sour. Okay, and they're going to check out some stuff that might be closer related to Stone Sour yep. that's in that cookbook. No, I thought about all that. What Honestly, really, I mean, it leans 80s metal because I happen to know most of those guys. But but I did know, you know, we did, like I said, the drummer from Stone Sour, I've got uh, the kids from Palais Royale in the book, uh, they're blowing up. Um, but then I also have Hall of Famers like Steve Boone from Loving Spoonful. He lives down the street from me. You oh, know? Nice. So, I mean, I respect that guy, you know what I mean? I mean, so, uh, or, or uh, Carmine Peace, you know, those kind of guys. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, I used to have these posters on my wall, you know what I mean? So I'm excited to, uh, that they, and they were all super cool. I mean, nobody really turned me down. They were all into it. So I was very excited about that. It's just, the main thing is, is just trying to put out a book in the middle of uh, a COVID and an election year, by the way. So uh, just trying to get the word out. However, where you uh, did get lucky with it, though, is the fact that it's a cookbook as well. So it's something that people can do at home. It's not something where it's going to be, you know, they're going to read it. And then after an hour, hour and a half, they're going to put away and not see it again. I mean, this is something that has a lot of rereading value because hey i'm gonna try out this recipe and with people constantly cooking during the pandemic because you can't really go anywhere so people are honing right. certain skills that they have some people are playing a lot of video games some people are doing stuff like podcasting like me over right here you. there's yeah. a lot of people i know that were cooking and like making bread and trying to do all these different recipes so right. honestly it's kind of weird to say it but it is oddly a really good time to release something like this because people are able to try all these different recipes and say they try a different one every single week Okay, there's 57 yep. recipes in there. If they try one different thing every single week, they're going to be trying something new for just over a year. 
Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm hoping to do another one, like I said. But right now, I'm just trying to get the word out on this one. I think it was a great idea. I, I invested my own money into it. Um, so I just, uh, and it's the most expensive thing I've ever done, but the most rewarding. Um, and just trying to get it out there. You know, I really thought I would be at festivals myself with the band or without the band, for that matter, uh, selling cookbooks. I also thought that other bands that are in the book would do the same thing. And most of them would, but they're not touring either. And, um, you know, with the COVID thing, you know, you got to remember the first three months, minimum, everything was shut down. There was no news outlets, per se. A lot of them, a lot of things, a lot of shows shut down. Uh, So it was all just skeleton crews everywhere. And then it went from that to basically full on COVID exposure, then election exposure. And uh, and we just got through Christmas. So hopefully 2021 will be the, the year. Hopefully so. But then again, like you were saying, you have a lot of different bands in here. So hopefully when they go out on the road, once they're able to go out on the road, they're able to put these books out there. I mean, take a look at, I'll use Evanescence as an example as well, because they're coming out with a new album in March. All of a sudden, once touring comes back, they've got a whole new album to put out there as well. So when people are going to the merch stand to buy stuff from Evanescence, you could easily see that cookbook right there. It's like, well, why is Evanescence on this cookbook? Well, there is a recipe from Evanescence in here if you guys want to check it out, plus all, all this more stuff. So there's just an added value to it. Plus, again, having the guys from Palais Royale in there as well even amps it up more because you're getting younger people, you're getting younger kids like late teens, early 20s to potentially get into stuff, especially during COVID where a lot of these people might have been cooking and just trying different things. It's something to really take a look at. Yeah, no, and and, and like I said, ultimately it's for a great cause. And then when it, you know, like I said, when it comes to uh, autism, I live in that world because of my son. So I understand, you know, my son happens to be high functioning, but I've had him in autistic school for a couple of years. I mean, he had kids that were in school with him that were nonverbal, you know, or ate the same lunch every day or, you know, couldn't tie their shoes and they're 18. You, you know what I mean? There's, but, but they're really, really smart kids. You know, they say guys like Elon Musk or, you know, Beethoven or Einstein, these guys all have some form of autism. So yeah, and that's sure. funny too, because my son who's 19, he, uh, that's, that's his, that's his role model, Elon Musk. He's all about that guy. You know, like me, it was Jimmy Page or somebody, you know what I mean? But for him, it's Elon Musk. And since we live in Florida, I mean, dude, they're shooting off rockets every, you know, t- twice a week down here. Yeah. So when you, I was going to say like when your son sees something like that, what's going to happen is you're going to get this inspiration because something that you look up to that has some form of autism is doing these incredible things like sending people into space, making these cars that are absolutely as efficient as all hell, hell making a flamethrower and selling it for two grand just because, and people bought that up like crazy. Uh huh. No, it's awesome. No, but like I said, uh, it just, a lot of people don't know how to understand these kids. You know, my kid just went through school. And uh, they, I mean, since elementary, they didn't know how to handle it. And, and, and another thing is too, is it seems like there's a lot of kids. I mean, when I was growing up, there was always that one kid that was a little bit different in the class, but now they have classrooms full of those kids. And I just don't understand why that many people, I mean, again, they say one in 54 people in America have some form of autism. That seems really high. And I, I mean, I understand. And then, and, and the other thing about autism too, is that they're all completely different. The same but different. Not every kid has the same symptoms. You know, some might have OCD, anxiety with it. You, you know what I mean? My son has uh, what's it like dysgraphia or whatever they call it with handwriting. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I mean he can write his name, but it's, when he writes his name, it's like he's painting a, a freaking portrait or something. You know, he's so it's like weird. But uh, but then on on other ends, he's super 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 smart. 
So it's, it's, um, it's, uh, you just got to figure out how to focus these kids and get them in the right direction. It's pretty tough. It, it is something I even remember when I was in school as well. I mean, this is something I, I used to use high school as well. Cause this is honestly 10, 11 years ago where th- something like this, uh, where you have a, you have kids that just don't necessarily have the same learning abilities or have some form of autism. They're just not getting the proper needs that they need that they have to get met just because everyone else is like, okay, you know, we're just going to throw them all in together and just see yep. what happens. Yeah. And it's, it definitely, you could, it for, for even from my perspective, you could tell the kids that were struggling with this stuff just because of it, but they might've been some of the smartest kids around. It's just, they yeah. weren't grasping the material and they end up feeling like they were just not as important or not as smart just because they couldn't necessarily remember what happened in us history back in 1655. Yeah. However, watching these, what this kid could do with a computer and watch what this kid could do in physics class where all of a sudden yeah. just everything yeah. just made sense. So I'm watching like, Okay, can you help me with this stuff? Because right. I have no idea what's going on. Well, the thing about autistic kids, too, from what I understand, and I only really have my perspective on it, but is that everything's literal. You know, I remember I tell the story when my son was in third grade, they asked him what his favorite color was, blue, black, green, whatever, right? And he left it blank. So he got an X for it. And I'm like, son, why did you leave it blank? Because he doesn't have a favorite color. That's it. But I mean, for us, we would have just put in red. We would have filled it in just so we wouldn't have got it wrong, right? Yeah. yeah. He, he he wouldn't do it, you know. So it's it's or, or another comment that was kind of funny. We talked about, uh, you know, he's like, Dad, Arby's, you know, the 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 restaurant Arby's, right? Yeah. Arby's, you get it? R B roast beef. I'm like, huh? Maybe. I mean, I don't even know. But who would have thought? Who would have thunk that, right? Yeah, that I mean, it's just something where the mind from someone that might that has some form of autism versus someone that doesn't, the mind works in a completely different way. And someone that has autism, it could their mind could work completely different from someone else who has a different form of autism or different same type of autism, just different symptoms. It all yeah. depends on that. And when you're able to recognize that the that someone thinks in a little bit of a different way, then okay, maybe they're not gonna be as good in certain things, but however, they might absolutely excel in other things, and that's where they can double down on those strengths. Like again, yeah. take a look at Elon Musk with all the stuff that he's doing, all this technical engineering kind of stuff. And it's just something that the dude is absolutely amazing at. So why not just let him roll with it? Yeah. Well, he thinks outside the box. And 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 again, like I said, a lot of those kids are super smart. They just don't their main problem with autistic is they they have a hard time with social cues. You know, my son will look at you in the eyes and talk to you, but most most autistic kids won't. They won't they can't even hardly make eye contact. I mean, they'll talk to you, but it's just that they're um yeah, they're just wired different, man. So it's definitely uh, close to me. So that's that's why I did that. One and, kind right there. And the other thing that's cool about a cookbook too is that they don't expire. You know, if you cut a song, say even talking about Evanescence with their new stuff, they put out an album a year later or less, that song is done. They're off to the next single, right? Or the next album or whatever. Cookbooks, they're around forever. My girl comes from a, um, a cookbook, a cooking, uh, she was re- raised in a restaurant, a diner. And uh, she still has tons of cookbooks. She's had 20 years, man. They don't really go away. I mean, you still pull out and get that, still make that roast beef, you know? So. Yeah. And very rarely when it comes to music, are you going to have a song that has that lifespan to just not only just get past a couple months, but get past a whole entire year as well? I mean, take a look at on SiriusXM Octane. They just released their Big Guns list right before, right after Christmas. Right. And I was taking a look at it. And the number one song was Popular Monster by Falling Reverse, which came out in 2019. And I was thinking about it, I'm like, well, number one, I think that song is absolutely fantastic. It's one of my favorite songs of all time, so I totally understand. But the fact of the matter is, is 
You take a look at 2020, Funverse, they released a reimagined version of Drugging Me Is You, and they released a unreleased uh, song that they could have put on their Coming Home album in 2017. That's all they released. Everybody but Pop did Monster it. just carried so much further because it just it hit with so many people. But that is the exception to the rule where most of the time bands are going to put out albums. I mean, there's certain bands that put out albums in like January or February where when it came time to take a look at them again at the end of the year, some of them I forgot what they even sounded like because yeah. it just how much is in between there. And all of a sudden, yeah, you put this stuff out there. But again, with 2020, everything that happened before March, it seems so long ago. Well, what kills me right now is everybody uh, in the rock and roll because they they well, first of all, it's hard to put an album if you can't tour it. Right. It's like hard to put out a movie if you can't play it in a movie theater. Right. Yeah. So that's why you keep pushing stuff back. Now, as soon as this breaks, there's going to be a, every band's done an album. Every freaking band. The problem is everybody's done an album. So I don't know who's going to be heard. But, um, yeah, you just got to keep uh, you just got to keep uh, swinging at it. That's all you can really uh, do at this point. And hopefully, like I said, the first of the year. Uh, these bands can go out and tour these albums and that'll that'll help out a bit. But basically, like I was getting to is a lot of EPs. I've never seen that many EPs. Usually it's full albums. Now it's two or three songs, you know, and then a lot of stuff's been um, covers because they're mm. bored. And and the thing that kills me the most is when they re-release stuff that they had recorded that they never put on an album because apparently it wasn't good enough to make the album to begin with. So now why are you releasing it? You understand? Like I, I see all the stuff with Prince, David Bowie, uh, when they get to those um, these states, they start releasing stuff, and you're like, man, he probably doesn't want that stuff released. I mean, you, you know, I mean, they're demos basically. So I mean, sometimes it's cool, but how many more Beatles songs can you find or whatever? Yeah, and it's like all of a sudden, when, if you remember when Michael Jackson died too, it's like, oh my god, we got like two full albums worth of stuff. I'm just thinking. Well, maybe you didn't want to release that just because no. it wasn't ready. And then you listen to it. It's like you can tell some of these are just straight demos as well. So it's just the states and the people that are have the uh, authority over their state just want the money off of it. And That's it. again, again, it's like when you understand that, it's like, OK, I understand where that comes from. However, these guys probably <laughs> want these songs to be released. If they want to be released, they did. Again, with Flying Reverse releasing that uh, Carry On song that was supposed to be on Coming Home. They're still around. They're still around. They're still going strong. So it was just something right. maybe for them to put out that they that people might have heard beforehand and really were asking for. You never know what the case is. But right. I do agree with you. I haven't seen so many EPs and so many singles just come out to the point where it does make a lot of sense just for people to put stuff out there during the pandemic just to keep their name yeah. in people's minds. I mean, you're not gonna get a band like and not everyone's gonna be a band like from Ashes to New, where all of a sudden once the pandemic hit, they started putting out all these different covers these parody covers as well sure. and people are really starting to get into them and they release their first single off of their 2020 album and people go absolutely crazy for it because it feels just like lincoln park back during the hybrid theory and meteora days and all right. of a sudden they just blew up off of it it totally makes sense but again that's a complete exception to the rule that it doesn't happen that often we make fun of it all the time because we're like hey what are they releasing this song for from elvis I mean, it could be from anybody, but you're like, dude, come on, man. There ain't nothing left. But um, yeah, so hopefully, like I said, 2020, we can start getting out again. I mean, you know, because albums just in general, they just don't sell anymore anyways. I mean, it, the best you can do is go get a song from Spotify or iTunes or something for a dollar. Bands don't make any money from it. And, uh, and you can, I mean, you can get everything for free. I mean, it's like the ACDC album. So I haven't been an ACDC fan, right? So I'm excited they put out a new album. I didn't think they'd ever do it again. But I don't, I mean, I haven't bought the album, but all the stuff is out there. If I just want to go listen to it, I don't have to pay for anything. 
So that's the problem. You know, I seen a thing a couple of years ago. Remember when Bon Jovi went out and did a tour and you could get a, a, a his new CD when you bought tickets? Yeah. yeah. And he, now it still went platinum because he gave it away for free. It was included in the ticket price. Smart, smart move. I mean, it's freaking Bon Jovi. Smart enough. But I mean, it didn't really, he didn't really sell them per se. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, I'll say, was it the same thing like in 2014 when U2 put out their whole album just for free on people's iTunes accounts? It's like, yeah, it went platinum because of how many people were on iTunes, but there was so much backlash behind it because so many people didn't want it. Yeah, well, that's it's it, but those days are over. I, like I said, I don't, I don't know if there's even, I mean, where do you buy music at now? Where do you physically buy CDs or vinyl? I mean, there's not very many places left. So, uh, yeah, I don't really know what's up, man. Like I said, touring, that's, that's the next thing. And, and, and fortunately, now with the, uh, a vaccination, you know, coming, we can probably get back on the road. And I think that's what everyone is hoping for as well, because even for a fan, from a fan's perspective, not seeing many concerts in 2020, seeing how many I had set up and how many ticket refunds I've had to get this year and how many shows I still haven't got refunds yet because they pushed back to 2021, but I still want to go see the show. So I've still hung out of those tickets. There's no way I'm getting rid of those. Cause I think, you know, I like, I was supposed to go see a show, three shows in one weekend in August of 2020 right. uh, uh, at state fair park here in Wisconsin. Skillet was going to open up state fair. I'm like, Hey, I want to go see Skillet again. Cause I enjoy sure. seeing them. Then I was going to go see, Breaking Benjamin in Saint Sonia the next night, and then the following night, Deftones was playing at the rave. I'm like, oh, nice. oh this is a great weekend. Right. Well, everything got pushed to 2021. I'm like, but I'm not getting rid of these tickets because I still want to see all these bands, even though I've seen Skillet tw- uh, three times. I've seen Breaking Benjamin twice. Right. I don't care. I want to go see them again because I absolutely love going to see them play live. But it's when all of a sudden, I'm, when I'm getting nervous about just, it's a good nervousness though. When shows come back, the flood of shows that's going to happen. My wallet and my bank account are right? absolutely going to hate me because I don't <laughs> want to go and see every single one. All of a sudden, I'm going to three shows a week, not just in a weekend, in a whole week. Like, I'll say, okay, go one on Tuesday, go one Thursday, go one Saturday, right. go one on Friday. And it's going to be like that for maybe like two, three straight months. My bank account will hate me. My body might hate me from all the monsters I'll be getting in. But I'll right. look back at that when I'm like 70 years old and remember, that was a fun time. Yeah, right. No, it's good stuff, man. I mean, I'm excited about that. Plus, the other thing is, too, is it's hard to get refunds on your tickets. If they push the date back, they don't I don't think they legally have to give you the money back. And what happened? Ticketmaster has a big problem with that. Now, Ticketmaster is not known to be in the best company anyways. But um, all that money they got for 2020, they spent it all. It's all gone. They can't even give it back to you if they wanted it. So all they can do is push down these dates because it happened to a lot of festivals. You know what I mean? All those festivals got pushed back. So, well, I was going to say, like, for me on that end, where usually when it comes to buying tickets, I will not go through Ticketmaster at all because of stuff. Most of the time, I will go straight to the venues themselves and take care of it that way because then all of a sudden, they don't have to get, they don't have to give like a certain percentage of that ticket price to Ticketmaster. And then when refund, and all of a sudden, like, with, with at the rave here in Milwaukee, if shows got canceled, and they will give you a ticket right away. They'll give you right. a refund right away. If it ends up getting postponed, they cannot legally give you the money back because, okay, it's still happening. There's just no definitive date. When right. they got a definitive date for certain things, they gave you a one-month window where, okay, if you're able to make the new date, that's fine. Then hold on to your ticket. Nothing needs to be done. If you can't make the date, though, and you want a refund, you have one month to return your ticket to us, and we will give you a refund. Which right. makes sense because it's like, okay, like there's some shows I wasn't going to, there was, uh, I was going to go see, who was it? Devil Wars Pride and We Came as Romans. 
but yep. it got rescheduled from April in 2020 to August in 2020 to the same day that the Daytona 500 or the Indy 500 was rescheduled. Right. So I'm supposed to go to Indy 500. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to return my ticket. All of a sudden it gets rescheduled back till March. And now I think the whole tour got scrapped as well. So everyone ended up getting their money back. Anyway. Yeah. So you don't know. Yeah. Well, cool brother. Hey, what was your best Christmas gift? What'd you get? Ooh, there's, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not entirely sure because there've been, a, there was a, I got a bunch of wacky stuff where they got a giant shower curtain that has super Mario on it, but like pixelated style from uh super Mario world from the yeah. SNES and also three vinyl albums as well, because I love list. I have a vinyl record player. I love listening to vinyl. So I got two A Day to Remember albums and then uh, the separate turn album for Bring Me the Horizon. Oh, cool, man. So you had a good Christmas. Everything's good. It was a good Christmas. Again, the best Christmas gift I got was the fact that my grandpa stole one of my beers. Yeah, man, that's awesome. It's the little things, isn't it? Oh yeah, it is. What about you? What was the best? What was your best memory from Christmas um, in 2020? Well, I, I had I had Christmas with the with the kids, and so that was fun. And then um. Uh, what did I get? Well, I got a couple of classic rock shirts. Look at this one. I like this one. Almost famous. Yes. That's funny. And then I got a, I got an, I got an ACDC t-shirt, which is cool. I got, uh, some cool rock pants and then just, uh, I don't know, man, I've been picking out a lot, been eating a lot. So. Hey, it's as, as my mom always put it, Oh, it's the holidays. You can eat as much as you want. Yeah, yeah, right. She always would tell my dad this. And then January 1st rolls around, and all of a sudden it's, okay, you got to not eat as many sweets. you got to cut right. back on this. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You just told me to eat all this stuff. She was trying to tell me the same exact thing to him. Like, no, 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 keep the cookies there. Except right. for Christmas Day, it's really hard to stay away from that stuff on Christmas Day or on Christmas Day. Oh, it's brutal, right dude. There. I've just been through it. I just killed it all off to get out of here. That's what I did. I just, listen, I, if, you get, if you get a chance, man, check out, again, the cookbook, RockinRecipesForAutism.com. Uh, go there. Like I said, the book's twenty nine ninety five. you know, and uh, it's for a great cause. Well, how about yeah. this, Kenny? I'll guarantee you something within the next month, because there is a coffee table right there. Oh, sweet. The book will be on that coffee table by the end of January. Oh, cool, man. I appreciate you, man. And I appreciate everything that you're doing too, man. Keeping rock and roll alive and giving people like myself an outlet to talk smack, I guess. Hey, absolutely love rock, absolutely love metal, and this is something that, it was the music that helped me get through the worst part of my life, and it was when I was trying to find something to do for myself, I'm like, you know what, I fell in love with the music, so let's just make something like that happen. I can't make music, but I love to listen to it, and I love to talk about it, so what can I do there? And all of a sudden, boom, here we are. Well, good, man. Well, I'm good you had a Merry Christmas. Again, hopefully you'll have a great New Year. Uh, Don't forget to check us out, uh, what is it, uh, February 1st at 5 p.m. Eastern on YouTube. Check out our mini-single. You're going to, you're going to die when you see it, bro. Oh, I will definitely check out the mini single. And when it comes to find anything with the rock and recipes for autism book, when it comes to anything with Nova Rex, when it comes to finding that mini single as well for everyone listening or watching YouTube, please look at the description of the podcast. I will have every single link you could possibly want in there. So it's a one-stop shop, one click away kind of thing. You'll get all the information you need. You'll be good to go. And yeah, if you guys like to cook, please get a copy of rock and recipes for autism because you will not be disappointed. Hey, and go Packers. Oh. <laughs> you got a Green Bay Packer fan? No, I'm a big oh, Minnesota Oh, I didn't Viking figure fan. so. I figured, I figured being in Wisconsin, you're a Packer fan. Every, everyone does, and there's a good amount of times where I'll always have, I'll usually have a, I usually have this hat on, but I'll usually have a purple hat on sometimes. So it's oh, like, you're well, Viking? I've, I've been a Vikings fan since I was three years old. Oh, wow. That's so, a, I mean, now did they win the other night? 
No, they got they got killed by the Saints. Because uh, yeah. they, they, they hung with them for a little bit. They were there for a little bit, for sure. Yeah, the defense was just broken up this year. Young right. secondary, and then linebackers in defensive line, everyone got hurt. So yeah. it, was, it was brutal. Football. Got to love football. Got to love football. All right, Kenny. Well, I don't want to say goodbye in this podcast because I never like to say that because that means that, oh, you know, that's the end of it kind of thing. And I don't want to be the end of this thing because I wanted to keep up with you and keep knowing how Rockin' Recipes for Hudson goes when the second volume comes out, if you're going to release more recipes and what's going on, everything with Nova Rex as well. And if I do get a chance and sometime in 2021 where all of a sudden, wherever I am in the country, because I've got plans to go all over the place, if I end up in the same place as you are and I'm like, hey, Nova Rex is playing live. You're going to see some crazy guy in the crowd. And if for some reason someone gets hurt, the likelihood that it's me is very high. So that's awesome. Yeah, good no, conscience, man, just let me know. Keep me in the loop, brother. Will do. So in good conscience, I cannot end this with a goodbye. In good conscience, I have to end this with, see you later, Kenny. See you, buddy. Whoa, 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 folks. That was my interview with Kenny Wilkerson from the band Nova Rex and the author of Rockin' Recipes for Autism. And check out the Raise Your Glass mini single, out now and when it comes again to everything in regards to this podcast and to Kenny and Novarex and the cookbook Rock and Recipes for Autism with the links to everything all their socials where you can find the single where you can listen to Novarex where you can even get the cookbook and support we rock for autism I said we rock we rock for autism you can check that out in the description of this podcast on YouTube stuff. I have a podcast, Google Play, iHeartRadio. Every single link you could possibly want to be in there. And yes, by the end of January, you will see that Rockin' Recipes for Autism book sitting on my coffee table. And without further ado, that's going to be for me today, guys. Thank you for watching and listening to the Code Progression Podcast. Brought to you in Rocks, where rock and metal thrive. My name is Kevin, and you guys know how I end every single one of these episodes with the big, healthy, and hearty. See ya! Yeah! Oh.